<laughs> I don't want to hear any more stories about, about the motorcycles. Amen. Psalm 85. Uh, everyone, you know, has their definition or their own definition uh, or description of what revival is. And uh, one of the ways I described it last week uh, was in, you know, God bringing us back to life uh, and uh, tried to, uh, in that short uh, moment, illustrate the fact that God doesn't just want us to, to revive us, give us a pulse, uh, and then that is it. I mean, the purpose is, is to bring us life uh, and that we do something with it. And uh, uh, with, uh, with that definition, even just given one side of what I think uh, revival uh, might be, uh, but you can, uh, just like you, uh, you know, you go to the internet or whatever, to, you know, you have a symptom, uh, something of whatever, you go to the internet, you, you know, you kind of web MD things, you look things up and try to figure out what's wrong with you. Uh, and, uh, and when you do that, uh, of course, it scares you to death. Uh, when you uh, when you Google uh, those things, uh, but but even you can even go to the internet and you can look up all the revivals uh, in history, uh, and you can find out uh, what took place in those, and uh, and you can pick out from all those revivals, uh, you know, initially how they begun, and uh, most of them uh, because they were bathed with prayer uh, ahead of time, uh, and then the results of it, and you can see um, from those results um, how that. Uh, not just uh, the congregations or the people, but there were you know lots of people got saved. Uh, there are revivals where uh, where hundreds of thousands of people uh, were born again, uh, and like even uh, in the United States with some of the revivals, how its effect on uh, on businesses and taverns shutting down, and so you can see uh, from history many of these different things. So I want to talk about tonight. Um, uh, some of the evidences of revival or uh, some of the key marks or notes that you can know if you are having revival personally. uh, But as you look at it corporately from a church, uh, you know, are these things taking place? Do we see those uh, things? And uh, one's very simple, and I want to start in Psalm 85 uh, tonight uh, and uh, read down uh, just through a couple verses as we begin. The Bible says, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sins. Selah. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Uh, of course, we know that um, when we read in the Bible about revival, like in Second Chronicles, uh, in First Chronicles uh, 2, uh, God says, uh, you know, if we humble ourselves, pray, seek, we repent, we turn from our sin. Uh, and uh, here the psalmist is, is asking uh, about these different things and, and praying for revival. I've got uh, some uh, sermons in the margin of my Bible, uh, several actually preached by Pastor Wagon Shoots. Uh, in my notes that uh, he kind of elaborated on this. But here's a point that uh, the first point or an evidence of or something that can be seen so you know you have personal vibe. And this is profound. You ready? You're going to just got to hold on to your seats. It's very profound. Verse number six. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice uh, in thee? Uh, And God, um, God wants to be enjoyed. Uh, and it, this is a simple thought, and, and it was really kind of stunning uh, to me when I first uh, realized it or thought about it from the Bible. Uh, the idea that God enjoys being enjoyed uh, challenged me. 
Uh, and, uh, but that's what the psalmist is saying. He isn't simply commanding us to rejoice. He says, wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Uh, it is a prayer uh, that, uh, that God would revive his people precisely so that they might, they might enjoy him. Uh, and if, if there isn't a better, uh, I mean, there probably isn't a better way to describe personal revival uh, than just enjoying God again. Uh, there there are, are so many times in our Christian life where uh, we're going to church and, uh, and just doing, uh, you know, uh, doing things in the service of the Lord can become um, not second nature. It's like a rut. Uh, you, you, can, you can be so busy serving God uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that you just, you, you lose the joy of it. You don't enjoy uh, being or spending time with the Lord. So as we, you know, uh, and I don't know if you prayed this or even if you've seen this verse in that way, uh, but, but God just really uh, wants us to enjoy Him. It it's, isn't simply rejoicing, uh, but finding joy and delighting in God and, and happiness in God. Uh, even uh, in Psalm 16, where David says that uh, in the presence of God, paraphrasing, there's fullness of joy. Uh, and, uh, you know, we think of happiness, circumstances, and I just, I just hope that, uh, that you, uh, as well as me, as I look at that definition there, um, that you just enjoy God, you enjoy church, you enjoy singing, you enjoy uh, walking with Him, that there is, there is joy in that. Uh, you know, we, we sing that song, Joy Unspeakable uh, and Full of Glory, which is a song based uh, out of 1 Peter 1.8. And, uh, and I'm going to point out uh, in these points here, and I'm not going to be long tonight, it'll be very brief, uh, but, um, you know, when revival came to Israel uh, in Second Chronicles and, uh, and they sang, and, which is another, another evidence of revival is when, when congregational singing, uh, worship, you know, we use that. I don't like using that word uh, just because, you know, um, people kind of tune in to just the singing and call that worship, but praying, um, giving is worship. Uh, there's many things that we do in a service uh, corporately that is worship to God, and it all needs to be something that God, uh, God wants. Uh, we can't give Him things that He doesn't want. Uh, but they sang the Psalms of David and Asaph. <clears throat> and Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, I'll do the part two from this last Wednesday, uh, about Asaph in, in Psalm 77. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, when revival, when revival hit Israel, uh, people sang his songs. Uh, Asaph the seer uh, is how they refer to him. Um, <clears throat> yet we find Asaph in Psalm 77 uh, in such a depression that he didn't even, he couldn't even put it to words. And, uh, and I thought about that this afternoon as I was preparing uh, to come in <clears throat> and with this point is that when we struggle with uh, our thought life in, in discouragement, depression, and we get to that place like Asaph was, uh, where you can't even put words. And I described it uh, Wednesday night as I've told uh, a couple of preachers uh, about just where my mind had been uh, and uh, that it was everything all at once and nothing at the same time. It's like I couldn't, I can't just put my finger on it or even explain. And when I try to explain, uh, it, it just, I can't explain it. But to go from a place to where, where you have discouragement that you can't explain uh, to, to a joy that's unspeakable. 
uh, and uh, a joy that God gives you, a peace that he gives. It's a peace that uh, the world uh, cannot take away. So if you just think of revival in this simple uh, Psalm 85 uh, in verse number six, uh, is that God wants you uh, to be revived so that you enjoy him once again. So we pray God revive us uh, so that we might uh, rejoice uh, in thee. Uh, but then there are other uh, evidences as well. Um, turn with me to, well, uh, Isaiah chapter number six. In fact, you, you, you can turn there. I'm not going to really uh, preach through each of those, but in Isaiah six, um, we know uh, from even just this last week uh, was touched on uh, when, when we cannot have revival personally or corporately until we get a proper view of who God is. Um, I think Brother Calvin touched on 2 Timothy uh, 4, verses 3 and 4. Somebody else did at that fellowship meeting that, uh, that I was at. I think it was at the fellowship meeting uh, where we're living in a time uh, where uh, Christians and churches are heaping unto themselves uh, teachers and uh, people have itching ears and, uh, and they're turning from the Word of God, the Bible says, unto fables. And that word fables... Uh, just means stories or fiction. Uh, and, and really, uh, the God that many Christians believe in is a fictional God. Um, and I'm going to preach, uh, I'll probably preach this next week on that, that passage and, uh, and really point out a lot of the fiction, a lot of the fables that, uh, that Christians have uh, bought into from preachers because they have itching ears, hirelings that get in and, and, and preach what they preach. Uh, to please, and there's just a, there's just a lot of it. Um, but we can't have revival uh, until uh, we we have, I feel, an Isaiah six experience. Uh, and not to get all weird about experiences and things like that. It's just if you've never seen God high and lifted up, and and if you've never got to the place where you felt undone uh, by the holiness uh, of God. Uh, I, I, I doubt that you'll ever have revival uh, in your life. And, uh, and, you, and you can't, <laughs> if you go to any Christian bookstore and you pick up a book about God and who God is, uh, you'll be hard-pressed to find a book uh, that teaches the God of Isaiah 6. Um, you know, it's, it's, they, the world has, um, you know, minimized God uh, to, you know, it's like your, you know, your, your best buddy. Uh, and there's nothing you can do to displease him. He loves you despite, despite you. And, uh, and it's, it's taking truth from the Bible and just twisting it in a way uh, that's making it so Christians live their entire life um, uh, worshiping a God of their own imagination. Uh, and, and, I, you know, and I, you know, God wants us to have, you know, life and uh, an abundant life. And I don't think God wants us to not enjoy uh, life. Uh, and, uh, but to reverence God, to fear the thrice holy God of the Bible uh, is, is something that we all need to do uh, and really fight back. So, um, in fact, Isaiah elsewhere in Isaiah 64 describes uh, God as a, uh, a, as a fire uh, and uh, a, search, a searching, scorching manifestation of God's presence in your life. So here's, here's the thing. When, when you have revival uh, and you begin to enjoy God again, uh, God draws near to you and God comes down and His presence is felt. 
and I love revival meetings, and I love as I sat in the front and I watched people come down. And, and it's not that, you know, I, I had someone recently just said they don't like invitations and altar calls. And, uh, and a lot of churches, by the way, have, have done away with them. Uh, they don't have them. Uh, and, and I am a terrible invitation giver. Uh, I just, um, I've just always been that way. I'm not one to try to build on the emotionalism and whatever. I just kind of hear, it's open, come. I'll say a few things, but, uh, but I just try not to draw it out of people and make them come. But, uh, but the altar uh, is such an integral part of the Christian life. Yes. And, uh, and again, you know, it, to me, when I see people respond to preaching, uh, it is a testimony that God's doing something. Uh, and an altar call is a time for you to, to humble yourself. Uh, and, uh, and it's a posture in prayer uh, that, that is a humbling posture. When you kneel and you come before God, I've heard people, preachers talk about pulling their car over on the interstate uh, and laying you know, down in the ditch uh, on the side of the road because God got a hold of them and they just wanted to pray and, uh, and, uh, and to prostrate themselves on the ground and, and to do so is a, is a humbling thing. And uh, so we need the altar. Uh, but it shows God working. Uh, and again, you pray where you're at, whatever, and you know, do what you want with the altar. Uh, it's just an encouragement. And I know it's an encouragement for other people to see that. Uh, and, and not only is it just manifest or showing that God is working, that he's drawn near to us, that the presence of God is there. It makes it just, um, it, uh, it, it's just awesome. Uh, and, you know, in, in as much as even, you know, Brother uh, Allen preaching and uh, in, in preaching a long time, it just seemed like it wasn't a long time. Uh, that's when you know God, uh, you know, you know who needs revival? Um, the, one, the, the people that were here, uh, all of us, um, who are wondering when it's going to stop. Like, when is he going to get through? Um, that's an evidence that we actually need more uh, of, of what uh, the preacher is preaching. Uh, so God draws near. God comes down. God wants to be enjoyed. Those are, uh, are uh, symptoms of someone who has revival. That shows that God is working uh, in their heart. But another thing is that uh, when revival comes, sin uh, is sensed. It's, uh, that's that Isaiah 6, that undoneness uh, that is spoken of there. Sensitivity uh, during revival, sensitivity to sin is intensified. Um, when, when, when God is working in your heart, it's not just you know, big things or whatever, it's little things. It's our spirit, it's our attitude. Uh, the Holy Spirit just kind of clues into and convicts us. And, and during revival, conviction strikes deep. Um, when, when revival has taken place and the presence of God is felt, uh, our conscience is, is tenderized, if I could use that word. It's, uh, uh, it is um, uh, our hard hearts, our callous hearts are broken and things begin to soften up. Uh, and the emotion is there. And uh, There are a couple nights I, I just basically sat in the front just weeping the whole time. And uh, that's, uh, that's when uh, you know God is doing something uh, in your life. Things that were once tolerated or ignored uh, suddenly become intolerable. Uh, complacency, apathy in our Christian life uh, is shattered. Uh, we want to do more. Uh, people today have come up to me and asked me questions about this, that, whatever. It just shows me that God is working. How can I serve? What can I do? Uh, and uh, that's why it's not just the pulse. Oh, we got a pulse. Uh, it's life 
in, in newness in here's what uh, I want God to use me. When God draws near in revival, uh, the soul is turned inside out. Uh, our, our spirit uh, is confronted uh, with just how sinful uh, and wretched we are. And by the way, I, don't, I, I never want to go to a church. I never want to have a church, preach in a church, pastor a church, go to a church uh, where I go and, and hear self-help messages uh, and fluffy things to make me feel good. Uh, the Bible says that we're supposed to reprove, rebuke, and exhort, like Brother Swanky, two parts negative, one part positive. Uh, and uh, and uh, you say, I come to church, and I just feel bad all the time. Good. Uh, you know, that's just showing that God's working your heart. You're being sensitive to the Spirit. Uh, if you come in and you're never moved by anything, that wouldn't be a good place uh, to be either. Uh, number three, quickly, um, during revival, Personal, corporately, uh, every revival that you read about in history, um, the Word of God, uh, people fall in love with the Bible again. Uh, that is um, uh, a, a response that we see. Um, you can go to Nehemiah 8. Uh, it will be a good place to, uh, to read about uh, revival of God's Word. And uh, we read about 1 Thessalonians or 2 Chronicles 17, verse number 9 speaks of this as well. The message of the Bible in revival is, is um, it's deeply, the, the Bible should be something that you deeply cherish. Uh, and if, and if, you're, if you're at a place in your Christian life where you can have it or not have it, uh, where it doesn't bother if you're not in it, uh, if, uh, you know, you can leave your Bible on the, on the seat on Sunday and, uh, and not be in it again until you come back, uh, that's, that's symptomatic of being sin sick and, uh, and, uh, and hard hearted and uh, in backslidden. That's not what we want. So, um, you know, uh, how many of you... Since revival meeting, uh, don't have to raise your hand or say anything, um, have been spending more time in your Bible. You desire to read it. You want to get into it. Maybe you're just back in Psalm 23 uh, or you're reading about uh, the, in the text or through the text that Brother, uh, Brother Allen presented during that week. Those are all good things. Just amuse over it and think about it. Uh, but the Bible, you got to love it. Uh, I, somebody was telling me... Um, uh, of, or I was reading it, I can't remember, uh, but of a, of a guy who just says, I, love, I just love this book. And every time he said it, he'd kiss his Bible. Uh, and, uh, and always doing it, he just loved, he cherished it. We'd toss them around or whatever, uh, and, uh, and we don't take care of it. Uh, just from a, you know, uh, just how we handle the Word of God, but more importantly, um, what does it mean to us? Is it precious? The Word of God is embraced. God draws near. God comes down. Sin is sensed. Isaiah chapter number 6. Uh, God wants to, to be enjoyed. Uh, the Word of God is embraced. It's just something that I just want to be uh, in the Word of God. Uh, ch- the church becomes the church again. Um, the, there's, when revival hits, uh, there's a sudden increase uh, in um, uh, church attendance, uh, vitality in the church, uh, a renewed sense of, uh, of unity, um, uh, of generosity. Uh, you think of what we did today with, uh, with for the young people. Uh, that's um, uh, self-sacrifice, uh, a desire, <clears throat> again, for uh, uh, gathering together, um, staying. Um, you know, I like, well, I, I know i got to hurry. And somebody going, oh, keep going. Um, that was encouraging that people wanted to stay. Uh, and I didn't, by the way, I didn't hear one person complain about the length of the services. 
Uh, and, uh, and that is a good, good thing. Uh, is that you say, is that going to be our standard operating procedure? Probably not. All right. Uh, but uh, when God, uh, if, God's gonna, if God's doing a work in my heart, um, sometimes I can't fit that all in in 20 minutes. Uh, and, uh, and it just takes some time. Uh, but church becomes church. When you read Acts chapter number 2 and uh, Acts chapter number 4, uh, and uh, when revival comes, Christians are, you know, um, you know Christians aren't miserable <laughs> when they're together. Uh, they enjoy that. In fact, God uh, says much about that in the Bible, our love for uh, one another. Uh, God draws near. God comes down. Sin is sense. God wants to be enjoyed. God's words embraced. The church becomes church. Uh, and another sign uh, it, or another evidence is that um, soul winning or zeal, evangelistic zeal, uh, is, in, is intensified. Uh, when, um, when you have a closeness and a walk with God in, his, in, in the, that life is breathed back into you through uh, a meeting or through your, uh, your devotional time and your prayer time, um, that translates into uh, a zeal to see other people get saved. Um, there were, um, uh, like, for example, it's estimated that 50,000 people were saved, like the Great Awakening, just in, in New England, 50,000 people got saved. Uh, and then uh, an additional 300,000 people uh, throughout the 13 colonies during the Great Awakening Revival. Um, it's hard to say that we have revival personally if we're not a witness. Um, it's hard to say that we're having revival as a church. We really couldn't say it uh, unless our zeal uh, for winning people to Christ uh, becomes uh, intensified. Um, here's another one. Uh, well, Micah, we'll turn to Micah real quick. This uh, at uh, 7 o'clock, I'm, I'm hurrying, I'm getting through. Uh, I'll be done just in a, in a minute, just got a couple more. Uh, but I do want to read this verse. I'm giving you other verses. But this truth that I'm going to uh, look at in Micah 6 is also the truth of Luke chapter number 4, 16 through 21. You can look that up. Um, when I think of God's justice, um, or you think of justice in particular, like social justice or whatever uh, is a buzzword. Uh, but when revival hits the local church, um, biblical justice is pursued. And here's what I mean by that. In Micah 6, verse number 8, the Bible says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. There's a sermon, um, there's sermons I preached Got my notes right here. Uh, Just in a perfect three point for those of you uh, who are uh, studying to preach right there. Sometimes the passages just lays out the points uh, for you. Uh, but God says if we're revived that we should love justice and mercy. It becomes, it becomes real. It's a re in, in God's biblical justice is um, a concern for the poor and the widowed and the orphaned and the homeless, and the hungry. Uh, the, 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 the ministry, Jesus in Luke chapter 4 speaks of that. So what I'm saying is that when, when, when we have revival, a God-sent revival, uh, it's, it's, it's doing Christian things. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the justice, the love of, 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 uh, of mercy uh, and uh, injustice becomes real. There's a renewed sense for that. We should want to do more uh, for people, uh, one of uh, the uh, the comments, uh, not a comment or just a uh, just a brief discussion uh, after, was a question about uh, the diversity in Brother Calvin's church. 
Uh, and uh, does, it, does, and it, does, does that church in Milwaukee look like our church? And it's, that, that church there is more diverse uh, than ours. Uh, and um, it was funny because he calls those things out. All week long in talking with him, he's always cracking jokes and, uh, you know, just different things. Uh, and, uh, and that's why he said, oh, um, you know, my friend's here. Uh, and then he said, uh, is the other black guy. Uh, that was in the service, and he said that, and there was another gentleman that came in. In fact, when I was, went to go pick up Brother uh, Calvin uh, from the airport, I stopped to get my car cleaned in Federal Way, and uh, the gentleman who, who was cleaning my car, I went up to him and I said, I said, hey, I'm picking somebody up from the airport. If you do a, good, if you do a great job, there'll be an extra tip uh, in there, because sometimes in those places they do f- fast work, and, uh, and it isn't very good. And he said, oh, I'll do that. I said, where are you from? Uh, and uh, he said he was from Ghana, uh, and he was from Kumasi uh, in Ghana. I said, I was just in Takarati, near right was. So we just hit it up, whatever, and, uh, and so right after he said that, he walked into the service. I don't know if you, anybody met him on the way out. Pray for him. His name's Joseph, uh, and I'm hoping that he comes back with his family. Uh, and, uh, but my point in that all is, is that when, when evangelistic zeal is increased, uh, and, uh, and as a church, an evidence of, uh, of justice being renewed in the love, biblical justice pursued, uh, we'll begin to reach out uh, into, uh, into other people, groups. Out here in Washington, I was explaining that people out here, they tend to stick to um, their own groups. Uh, you'll have a Korean church, a Filipino church, a Russian church. And, uh, and as, as a melting pot as this place is, there needs to be more color in our church. Can I just put it that way? Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and with that, it just takes people coming and staying and uh, inviting friends and family, us doing that. Uh, but, uh, but when we go out into uh, the community with a zeal, uh, an evangelistic zeal, uh, that's going to include reaching into um, um, uh, different groups. He, he, was, uh, he was saying, I think he mentioned it, um, it was about Ninevites. Uh, and uh, it, how I preached from Jonah and that we all have Ninevites, uh, people that we feel, even though, like, remember, Jonah got mad because he knew, I knew you were going to save him. Uh, and uh, and so, so he, Brother Calvin, uh, was preaching that, uh, and he, he, called, he called that the N-word, <laughs> uh, and uh, the Ninevites. And I said, you, what, you need to start out a message somewhere about how you're going to preach on the N-word uh, and just go on for five minutes and then have him turn to Jonah <laughs> and, uh, uh, and just shock him. And so he's going to do it, and I'm going to take credit uh, you know, uh, for, for that message. Uh, but social justice, not just we think about the injustices in the world and we pay too much taxes or, uh, you know, you can't, uh, there's all these things that are going on. Biblical justice in mercy uh, is, is dealing, is being more generous and being in uh, reaching out. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I want to do here coming up, uh, it just kind of put that out there, uh, is, uh, is we're going to go uh, take that smoker somewhere and, uh, and smoke a bunch of food and cook a bunch of food and give it away. Uh, and uh, you say, why do we do that? Because that, that's the stuff we're supposed to do. Uh, and, and we have not been doing uh, enough of that uh, in, uh, in recent months and a uh, couple of years. So uh, that will be a sign. And other people say, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, that's great. That's an evidence that there's revival. Uh, another, another sign uh, that revival may be happening to you personally uh, or as a church is that the routine things within church, bec- they happen fast, rapidly. Uh, here's what I mean by that. 
in times of revival, there's an acceleration of, of, of spiritual growth. Uh, there's an acceleration of individual spiritual maturity. Uh, and um, Jonathan Edwards talked about that when he explained what he saw in New England during the Great uh, Awakening. And uh, it just, it seems like discipleship ramps up. Um, soul winning ramps up. Uh, the, the, you know, people volunteering uh, to do things in the church in service to God. Um, uh, personal testimonies of witness and other things. And, uh, and uh, it just, the routine things happen that should happen in a church uh, that we read about uh, in the book of Acts and elsewhere. Uh, they just begin to, uh, to, to work and to do that. Uh, and then, um, as I've already referenced partially, um, revival, people sing. Uh, you know, worship is, is revitalized. And uh, one of my favorite times to hear congregational singing, uh, well, a couple, two of them, uh, youth camps, love it. Um, uh, I love hearing everybody sing. Uh, and then um, men's retreat. Uh, when get all those men, uh, you know, it's not a ton. Like we had like a little under 200, I think, uh, at the last men's retreat. Uh, but there's something about it. Uh, and everybody's singing out and, uh, and, and singing loud and to the Lord. Uh, and it just sets the tone uh, for uh, the service in a way that this just seems special. But what I, but, but just, you know, I was thinking about, you know, somebody singing Psalm 23 uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the baptistry. Probably, she probably sings a lot at home in the shower uh, or the tub. Uh, who knows? Uh, but, we, but we need, when revival, you just enjoy it. You know what? As I was reading the, the words to the songs that we sang tonight, and I said the very first one, you know, like verse 3, uh, had a lot of great stuff in there to help you with discouragement and depression. Um, um, if, if, by the way, there are a lot of people when they do their devotions, they have their, have a Bible and a hymn book. And, uh, and if, if you read your Bible and just sing through some hymns, read those hymns, read the lyrics, go down through. Uh, and that one that I had, uh, that those guys put together, had like, you know, 18 verses uh, of some of the songs that we sing. Um, that might be a good thing for us to, um, to make an order and get some of those song books in. Because uh, you, read, you read those hymns, those spiritual songs, uh, and it'll help you. Uh, and uh, I was even thinking about, you know, changing up a song to Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. Uh, and um, uh, tonight, uh, just because, because God, uh, God, uh, God wants us uh, to enjoy Him. Uh, but then, you know, probably in the last one is, uh, uh, you can tell when people are drawn close to God because you can just see it in them. Uh, you see it in their face. Uh, and it's not some artificial, like how we say, hey, smile when you sing. And we try to, you know, drag a smile out of you. And you can do it, uh, but it's almost like a, you know, a, a fake TV smile. Uh, and uh, it's hard, it's hard to, to make your body do things that your, your spirit doesn't want it to do. And, uh, and so it's better for us to have joy in our life and sing. Uh, it just comes out that way and you can see it. Uh, and, uh, but um, uh, Martin, Martin Lloyd, a commentator, he said this about, um, he, he, he said that, this shine, he's talking about shining faces that he saw in people that God was working in. And he says, he said it's described as a pure, unadulterated joy that builds up from within and bubbles over into others. Uh, remember, people say, you know, joy, joy is contagious uh, and people see it. Uh, and, uh, and uh, I, you know, um, 
from that verse in, in 1 Peter 1, 1.8 where it says, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And, and that's where I want to be. Uh, and uh, where God uh, is, uh, is, is that, that joy that comes from him uh, in unspeakable full But when we sing that song, joy unspeakable full of glory, uh, you can tell uh, that, uh, that we, uh, we have joy uh, from the Lord. So there's just a, that's just not an exhaustive list. Those are a couple of things that, uh, that I think that I'm looking for in my own personal life that I hope I see uh, in you as well. And that, that goes on beyond this week uh, into next week into next week. Uh, and only time will tell uh, whether or not uh, we are experiencing revival uh, in our church. And I hope that we do, and I hope it continues. Uh, and, uh, and even another evidence of that as we go through would be how we deal with, uh, with our, our missions uh, in our evangelistic zeal to reach uh, the world with the gospel. Um, so many, so many ways uh, that God will make himself and show himself real to us. Let's all stand tonight. Uh, and, uh, and I want you, by way of invitation uh, this evening, uh, just ask yourself, are these evidences? I've enjoyed. I enjoyed the preaching. I enjoyed um, Brother Allen's singing. I uh, I, I enjoyed uh, his love for the Lord, the fellowship, uh, all of those things. God spoke to me uh, through messages, not just with what I've written down or perhaps would preach on, uh, but touched me in a in, in a very uh, a very direct way uh, to where I was moved. Um, deeply uh, several times throughout the week to where I just couldn't. It was just emotional uh, for me. Um, but I want that to last. I don't want that to stop. And, um, but you know, the cares of this world, our schedules, television, and there's just a lot of things that can just quench it. And, um, and so beware of that. Uh, but this list that I read tonight, um, are those things that you sense in your own life? I hope they are. If not, ask God to give them to you. As the panel begins to play, the invitation is open. We can pray. and.